Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Mike Wise Show, we are three games in at the NBA Finals. And Sunday night, the series moved to Milwaukee, where the Bucks were hoping to make Chris Paul fear the deer. But first, Darlene, do your thing. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Thank you, Darlene. On Sunday, the Bucks needed a win in Game 3 of the NBA Finals, or they'd be facing a 3-0 deficit, and their championship hopes would all but be done because no team has ever come back from an 0-3 deficit. Milwaukee fans were hoping that having referee Scott Foster as one of the three officials would be good luck. Scott Foster, by the way, a local D.C. resident. You see, going into the game, Chris Paul was 0-11 for in playoff games worked by Foster. So clearly he had it against him. (laughs) This week, my producer Bruce Bernstein joins me to examine game three and look ahead and hopefully make sense of the proceedings. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Mike. I hope you had an enjoyable weekend with your family. Oh, it was a godsend. No, it wasn't. It was just another swim meet. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The Bucs were desperate and they played with desperation all night. They, there really hasn't been a close game in this series. Um, You know, there's, each team has made runs, but bottom line, the Suns handled the Bucks in Phoenix. And last night, the Bucks won by 20 at home. Uh, I this, this series comes down to game four now, because if you go up 3-1, there's a good chance that the series is over. It's 2-2. Then the ratings start picking up. P.J. Tucker didn't have any big numbers, but his aggressiveness was really important in the first half, made some winning plays. I'll tell you what, I mean – at the beginning of the game, when, when you talk about, you know, how Milwaukee played with desperation, P.J. Tucker was the was the prime example of that. He was diving on the floor for loose balls. He was getting offensive rebounds. He was just generally being hard-nosed and tough. You know, in basketball, and you know this as well as anyone, sometimes you really need to make your opponent feel you. Well, P.J. Tucker, although he didn't put up numbers, he really made Phoenix feel him last night. And I thought that really sort of lit the fuse for Milwaukee to come out and just, you know, play their asses off in a game they absolutely had to win, Mike. Yeah, well, and Van Gundy said, uh, you know, uh, be physical. You know, don't be – he had a great line on the broadcast, which is you can be appropriately physical. And not not just go out there and put your head down and run over people, but actually, um, you know, actually get up in somebody's grill and without fouling them, um, you know, make them think about, make them think that, you know, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. And certainly Milwaukee did that. Uh, Giannis was dominant throughout, um, got help from Middleton in the second, Holiday and Portis in the, in the third, Holiday four three-pointers in the third. Giannis was, I, I think they put up the graphic, 
he, he's one of the uh, four players in NBA history to have back-to-back 40-point finals, um, uh, 40-point finals games with Shaq, Michael Jordan, and who was the third? Uh, was it LeBron? Rick, Rick Barry, I think, maybe. Rick Barry. My Your favorite player as a kid. Uh, favorite player as a kid, Rick Barry, yeah. So at one of those games, he lost, of course, um, but – he just looks comfortable in the spotlight. He doesn't look like, you know, I, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, Mike Breen was having fun with calling him Steph Curry last night from the free throw line. But the bottom line is he's, you know, he's, this is as far as he's ever gone in the playoffs. And he looks like he's really finding himself. I've always kind of struggled to figure out who does Giannis, you know, which former great player does Giannis remind me of the most? And it, it's not a perfect analogy, but when I watch that guy play, I get like a, an Akeem Olajuwon vibe out of that guy because of the huh. size, the way he moves, his footwork. Uh, you know, I think Akeem probably had a little bit better shooting touch, but I don't know that, you know, I, I, there's just something about him. I, I see little kind of, you know, echoes of Akeem, but um, look, I mean, when, when, yeah. he, when he makes free throws, forget about it. It's over. Yeah, and what do you do when he get? When he's by the basket. He's going to get his hands on the ball. You almost have to foul him. And now that he's not a liability from the line, or if he's not a liability for long, um, uh, that's yeah. Um, look, uh, Eric, uh, excuse me, Devin Booker, a no show for the first three quarters. Sat out most of the fourth. I thought this was essentially Monty Williams resting him, um, or maybe he was sending him a message. Either way. Uh, he he didn't look the same. No, he just didn't really have it last night. Again, I I think he was the the guy. You know, I don't. I'm not saying Phoenix came out passive on Sunday night. That would not really be how I feel. But they just didn't come out with that desperation. And 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 if you don't match that energy, you're going to end up you know on the wrong end of things. And and Booker, you know, he made a couple shots, but he was, what, like 3 of 14, something like that. I mean, that won't cut it on the road in an NBA Finals game against a team that's, you know, fighting for its life. So I think I expect Booker to have a better game uh, in game four. But you know what? I think Milwaukee might have found a few things on Sunday night. I mean, they really used their physical, uh, you know, they were, they were able to overpower teams a lot during the regular season. I think last night they did it too. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton, uh, was a huge reason why Phoenix fell short last night, even though in the first quarter, he was a beast. Yeah, remember, he, he was, was like six fire. or seven. He was hitting everything. But then, you know what? Picked up some fouls, sat out most of the third quarter. Milwaukee put up 38 points in that quarter, and it was over after three quarters. DeAndre Ayton needs to – Ayton and Booker, I don't expect them both to be awful on Wednesday night. I think that – the, it's as simple as this. This series has a chance to go six or seven games because it has a lot of young players. And what I mean by that is uh, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, they're not the same players on the road that they are at home. And the same can be said for Giannis and some of the young players for Milwaukee as well. They're not the same players on the road that they are at home. And and while Phoenix is, you know, uh, Played very well on the road at times. I I just think that I, I think that a home crowd um, really helps, and and that the post COVID world, or if, if I guess getting out of the post COVID world gradually, 
depending on where you are, Tokyo or here, uh, if, if, you, if you think about it, these teams, I'm not saying they would have great success in the bubble as well. They probably would. But there's something about playing for a home crowd and there's something about another home crowd counting your free throws, uh, counting the bounces before your free throws. I mean, that, that's got to just infuriate Giannis um, in some way. And he won't say it. And maybe he looks at it as a challenge. But at this point, you know, it's, um, <laughs> it's funny to watch. And I think that, you know, it's like any young player, you, you grow on the road. And certainly um, Phoenix has got a lot of growing up to do. On, uh, I, I guess it was, was it Thursday night or Friday night game two in Phoenix? I can't remember what night it is. Time's just flying. The, I, I put a clock on it when the fans in Phoenix were counting to 10 when Giannis was at the I, line. I did the same thing. Eight seconds. I put my little my phone. I had, I, well, I had eight, well the, the, and the series before that, a couple I got 12 and 13, and I was surprised that the officials didn't do anything about it. Um, so, you know, I, who knows? Clearly last night, I mean, Giannis has definitely picked up the pace at the free throw line, not so much just in the number that he's making. He's not spending as much time at the line before he shoots it. He's bouncing it, you know, five, six times. Okay, that's fine. And then he's shooting it, letting it go. And to me, that's always sort of been the longer you're standing there, right? Bouncing the ball, thinking about it. Don't, you know, don't think, um, do it. I think Annie Myers Drysdale, when she was on one of our shows, she was talking about her late husband, Don Drysdale, the Hall of Fame yeah. pitcher for the Dodgers. And she said he had a quote one time. It's like, don't think it hurts the team. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I tell my son, I tell Oliver, you know, I, I said, are you nervous? Yeah. Okay, good. That's good. Uh, you know, take that nervous energy and turn it, you know, redirect it. But when he starts really thinking about stuff and he's had troubles at the free throw line too, at 10 years old. And I'm like, buddy, go up there and treat him like you're in the driveway. And, you know, when it becomes muscle memory and you don't dwell on it and you don't, I mean, someone told me this once and I, I, I believe it in basketball. I believe it in writing. I believe it in careers. I believe it in life. The most dangerous seven inches in the world is between our ears, right? The most dangerous seven. The things we come up with in our own head, the distorted reality that we we tell ourselves and we come up with is just, it doesn't match the real world. And once you get out of that space and you come back to just do it, <laughs> boom, it's a, it's a different world. So... I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, I expect Milwaukee to win game four. All right. I, I can't remember who said it last night. I don't remember if it was during the game or maybe Legler on Sports Center with Van Pelt afterwards, or maybe even Monica and PJ and Kevin Winter on ESPN radio. I was kind of taking it all in. Uh, by the way, Monica's yeah. just blown up. Monica her, is, is, uh, is uh, we, we, we gave her her start. Who is her agent? She's doing very well. Um, Monica is. Well, you've known Monica probably even longer than I've known her. Okay? Oh, yes, I have. She's, I'm the one who actually told you about her. Yes. Well, she's a wonderfully smart, talented, personable individual and an excellent analyst. I mean, she knows the game. Yeah. All right. She knows she, you know, I hope I don't know what's how the dust is going to settle from this whole ESPN mess with their 
anchors and you know the women that are working yeah. there but hopefully monica is somebody who stands to gain from all that when the dust clears because she's very deserving but um what they were so what, what some what one of those folks that i was listening to after the game was saying was Chris Middleton had a nice game on Sunday night. He had, I think, 15 or 18 points, whatever. But we didn't get the Chris Middleton game yet. I think Wednesday night we're going to get the Chris Middleton game. And that series is going to go back to Phoenix tied 2-2. And then uh, then we've just got, you know, a compelling drama the rest of the way. Because that series was always destined to go seven in my mind. I'm... Um... Well, I didn't think seven, but I thought six, but who knows? So, you know, it could be over in five if uh, Phoenix wins tomorrow night, but, or sorry, Thursday night, but either way, it's, it's a fun, it, wait, are they playing Wednesday? Wednesday night. Yeah. My mind is going. Um, That's all right. Usually it used to be so easy to do this. It was always the same three days of the week, but I think because the schedule, you know, the season slid back, now sure. you're competing with the WNBA All-Star Game and the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. So the days, the normal rhythm of the series has not been as normal. So it's perfectly okay for old guys like us to be confused about this. Don't feel bad. Um, Bruce, uh, Emily from YouTube TV, is that your favorite commercial? I love that commercial. Every time I see it, the first time I saw that commercial, yeah. I said, wait a minute, what did I just see? And then every time I see it, I love it. I love when explain, you, explain to people that haven't seen it. It's a YouTube TV commercial. And Emily is this elderly Asian woman. Um, yeah. And she's a huge basketball fan. So, huh. she's, so she's getting together with her family. And, you know, she's trying to watch the game. There's people in the house. They're distracting her. She's running from room to room, trying to watch the, some of the game on, on different TVs. And there's this one classic line that I just I just crack up every time I hear it, where some, you know, the announcer voice, right, the, the, that, that's not in the video with Emily and her family says, you know, Emily, you know, Emily has never been this happy. And she goes, I'm always this happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just like, I just look at that. And again, uh... I can't help but think that... Um, the, the, the people, you know, the marketing people for YouTube, I think that, you know, they're really trying to touch the, the hearts and the souls and the minds of, of an expanding audience, different right. ethnicities, you know, a lot, you know, commercials are targeted towards different groups. You don't see a lot of drug commercials during the NBA finals. because It's a younger crowd watching, right? Right. You're watching the NBC nightly news with Lester Holt. <laughs> right. You're seeing, you know, every commercial is like this drug, that drug, this drug. Oh, oh. oh it's unbelievable. It's yeah. yeah I'm, I'm watching Dateline and I'm thinking they're trying to kill me while someone's been killed on, uh, you know, that I'm watching. I you mean, it's, uh, and, and, and by the way, those drugs, I mean, I'm sure they do a lot for you. Fiber Zosin or something. And, 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 and then by the time they get done with the disclaimers, I, I feel like, I feel like if I take a sniff of it, I'm going to die of cardiac arrest. Well, you know, uh, please don't take eating blood thinners, pizza, or ice cream. I'm done. Do you remember the Billy? Do you remember the Billy Joel song? I'm sure you do. We didn't start yeah. the fire. Remember that song? Yeah. He basically goes through all the world events. Now, Billy Joel appeals to an older crowd, right? I've been to a Billy Joel concert. The average age at a Billy Joel concert is, is higher than the average age at a Beyonce concert, right? He should do a remake of that song for his crowd using all of those drug names 
and do the the re the, the like the song with That's... you know Mark Sega and this and you know Naproxen and no, blah, no. Blah, blah, you know blah. you know you you know you could do it you know who could do it Weird, Weird Al Al Yankovic yeah, Weird Al could pull that people off. don't people don't know our generation man Weird Al Yankovic would beat it and eat it and oh he just he had every parody down. I think it would be so funny to hear somebody do that song because so many oh, yeah. of the names rhyme. So you could really, totally. you, just, you could just do the list and say, oh, verse yeah, one, that, verse two, verse three. Yeah, no, it'd be great. It'd be great. So um, did you yeah, enjoy no, Emily YouTube is, uh, I, you know, somewhere David Stern is smiling when he sees that commercial because <laughs> here's a man who was, who saw that the game could, if not be football, soccer, the world sport could start making a dent in all these countries. And it has, I mean, it really has. And you hear these stories of kids, you know, I first realized it when Manu Ginobili came out and said that, you know, he didn't have a picture of Maradona on his wall as a young man. He had a picture of Michael Jordan and he would watch these tapes that this guy brought back from, uh, you know, he would put on his little local cable station and he would watch Bulls highlights that were weeks old but it inspired him to become a basketball player rather than a soccer player. And it's just so funny how like Emily, the Asian woman on uh, the older Asian woman on, uh, on the YouTube commercial is suddenly, Oh my gosh, uh, there's fans like these all over the world. I just, I just want to, you know, find out more about Emily. I, I want to know, does she really like basketball? Is she just <laughs> an actress? Will she come on the future Mike Wise show and talk about, you know, the, uh, the, you know, Stefan Marbury. <laughs> you know what? It would be, oh, that'd be awesome to get her on and see if she's really a basketball. The the truth is Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon will get him before, get her yeah. before we, we do. But nonetheless, I think it's, I think it's worth an ask. I think it's worth an ask, Bruce. I have a question for you, Mike. Yeah. The last night we started to see, you know how it goes. The longer a series goes, the more the teams start really kind of disliking each other, they get tired of like looking. Yeah, at yeah. Portis. Yeah, I saw that. Portis and 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 Jay Crowder. You know, a little chippiness there. Two yeah, Jay guys. Crowder. Jay Crowder gets in it with everybody. He, I love um, Jay Crowder. I remember Jay Crowder. Um, do you remember the uh, the Boston Celtics Wizards series from about a few three years ago, uh -huh. three or four years ago? And and um, all of a sudden, like he he's talking smack to John Wall, and John Wall slaps him. Like literally slaps him, um, and and Jay Crowder, you know, all of a sudden reacts, and it was this great moment of sort of okay, is Jay Crowder a real tough guy or a faux tough guy? I will say to this day, even though he's a very, I would hate to see him in an alley, and he was he's still one of the tough. He would be mincemeat if Charles Oakley met him in an alley in his prime. He would he is not Jay Crowder is not the toughest guy in this league. I'm telling you right now, he is the faux toughest guy in this league. Well, you know what? He he doesn't back down from anybody. It's easy for what. me to say. I'm in my, I'm in yeah, Well, You know, my, I'm, I'm sure if Jay Crowder saw you coming at him in a dark alley, he'd run for the hills. I mean, I don't think there's much question about that. <laughs> but that said, you're you're tougher than the average bear. But I was I was trolling Connor McGregor fans over the weekend, by the way. And I'm telling you. Those guys, they will find your address and, and literally either beat you up or wait for your children to come out and throw eggs at them. They're mean, they're mean people. But that's, a, that's a, a tangent. I'm, I'm not a big 
MMA fan myself. I like boxing, you know, and yeah, and, we're and I think cool. wrestling, pro wrestling is just stupid, you know, and yeah. how people take that seriously. Maybe they get it and they just like it for the entertainment. Yeah. I, I just think the whole thing. But The thing, Rock was pretty good in his day. Who was? The Rock. Oh, yeah. Well, The Rock is, you know, Rock's about as big a celebrity as this. But, you know, Rock is about, the highest paid actor in America. Good for him. That's great. You know, I mean, look, if people go watch his movies, you know, yeah, I, mean, I, know, I know. But, but, but let's, I want to go back to Crowder for a second. Oh, yeah, sorry. Crowder played gotta... college ball at Marquette. All right. So yeah. he spent time in Milwaukee. On Sunday night, he was like the only guy other than Aiton in the first quarter who even showed up for Phoenix. He was he was knocking down threes. He Doesn't really Marquette play their big games at that arena? Or no? Well, that arena has only been in operation for a couple of years. They probably oh, so he was at the old Bradley Center. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So so Jay Crowder, like, yeah, he's comfortable. He's home. He's I mean, he's an X factor. He's one of these great X factor guys. Yeah. You know, and so I look, I, I like the chippiness. I think that, you know, I, look, a, a forearm shiver to the neck improves ratings, sadly. Um, and and the more physical and testy a series gets, it's, you know, it becomes that much more incredible. Um, I want, Is anybody watching this series? I haven't seen the ratings come out yet. I haven't either, but you know what? All that matters. I know what you say. I know what you say. You say if it goes longer, it's, everyone makes uh, money. Yeah, right. Well, you I know, bet what? You, I bet you the ratings for the Euro were big. Well, they didn't include me, but um, but I'm. You didn't watch? You didn't watch England Italy yesterday? I'm not a big soccer person. I mean, I've. I, you don't have to be like, a soccer person. You just have to be a sports fan. What was I what doing was yesterday uh, afternoon? I think okay. I was working on a project that you and I are going to be working on in a couple of weeks that I can't discuss oh, yeah. right now. I, but I will, we'll, we'll talk, you know, we'll mention it, you know, down the road a little bit, but I, I basically spent all day pouring through sound from previous guests on our shows for a big project that you and I are going to be working on for the month of August. So uh, no, I wasn't watching the euros. Uh, and also I was really pissed because it was raining yesterday my treadmill broke. So now you know, I can't walk outside. You know, I'm on my treadmill and I'm starting to feel erratic, you know, and you then are. I start smelling something. The treadmill belt isn't going smooth. And then I start smelling something. It's like, oh, no, it's only like three years old. I must have wore it out. But I think, you know what, the fact that you're on a treadmill is good. I, uh, you know, when people talk about the COVID-19, I, I probably put on the COVID-30 and I'm just starting to take it off. I got into swimming. I've been doing this master swimming three days a week. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, it's, it's really improved my wind. I went out, usually I have to stop after a mile of basically jogging. I probably went for two miles today. And wow. while I wasn't, well, I wasn't going, but maybe 13 minutes a mile or something, I didn't stop, man. I was sweating in the humidity. I was like, this is good. So I, I like that me and you were getting in shape during this summer because, um, because we've been sloths. Let's be honest. For the past year, I'm. Uh, I, I haven't gained the COVID twenty or the COVID thirty. But um, look, I mean, I'm, I'm a few years older than you. I'm, I, my my age begins with a six. Okay, so I need. Yeah. I'm getting to that point where I really need to, you know, not do it out of guilt, but just do it. You know, just do whatever you can to kind of stay healthy. All right, I know that 
I know that our time's getting short. What are you looking for uh, on Wednesday night in game in game four? How do you see this? Wait, wait, I just called this up. I got to give it breaking news. Yes, what? No Lakers, no Nets, no Sixers, no Clippers, and no Warriors ultimately meant no problems for the NBA. Now that the rating for game one of the end, according to ESPN's Shakima Simmons Winter, viewership on ABC's broadcast of game was 13% higher than last year. Broadcast drew over 8.56 million viewers with a peak of 10 million from 1115 to 1130 Eastern. As a result, ABC dominated the, wow. That's a massive W for the NBA, given that this year's finals didn't include the likes of LeBron, Steph, Curry, Kevin Durant, or Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you know what? Maybe it was partly because those ratings were in the bubble, but that's a big, you know, I don't know what the game two ratings, game three ratings are, but that's not, that's good for the NBA. Was game one a close game? I can't even remember. It seems like. No, a- no, no, it wasn't a good, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a blowout blowout, but but the Suns were clearly in charge uh, from the uh, fourth quarter, third quarter on. Well, that all that really says is something that I think we already kind of knew in our gut, which is basically the NBA is in is in good shape. I mean, you know, every league's yeah. got problems, but because it's a younger skewing audience, oh. I think you know, I think the league's in pretty the, good shape. The, the NBA is going to. People don't believe this, but the NBA will eclipse football at some point because the talent pool of football is going to dry up. Even kids in the inner cities are not playing like they used to because their mothers know better than to give their kids concussions. So what's becoming more prevalent is flag football, which is great, and kids aren't playing flat and kids aren't playing uh, tackle football until 13 or 14, when the you know they call it the bobblehead syndrome. Um, in Pop Warner, the, the helmets are so heavy and it really puts a lot of pressure on the neck. Mm-hmm. And it just, um, so bottom line is uh, football is going to, I don't say it's going to dry up completely. It's always going to have some cachet in America because it's football. In the next 10 years, you'll see, you know, and base, baseball has got more trouble than anybody. I mean, but George Will, the uh, political pundit who's known as a staunch conservative, but He's really become almost a moderate during the last few years because he's written so many smart things about Trump being a lousy conservative that you get you get the sense that George Will's just a smart guy and he's he's one of these guys that's brilliant. He writes this piece about baseball's declining interest and this, you know this is a guy George Will who wrote Men at Work by Tony Larusa. He spent all this time with him. He's like a he's like a lover of the grand old game like you couldn't imagine. He. He writes what I call the most. Um, oh shoot! Uh, it, it would be it'd be the most compelling argument to change the rules of baseball in terms of the shifts that happen. I mean, I mean they're on pace for a thousand more strikeouts than they are hits uh, by the All Star break, which has never happened. And there and a home it's either home run or bust, and a home run is essentially a four second. A party, you know, followed by a leisurely 360 foot jaunt around the uh, diamond. And it's, you know, it, like it's it's incredible. It's really incredible how he's calibrated all these stats. And basically, baseball's in trouble, football's in trouble, hockey. I think hockey's fine because it is, you know, like they, they know they have a niche audience, they're just trying to grow it. Basketball, as Bill Walton said, basketball, the greatest game in civilization. I think baseball, 
look, guys like us, we grew up on baseball, right? Before all the games were on TV, you'd listen on yeah. the radio. And I was, a, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I always did. But to me, baseball is unwatchable now, okay? And yeah. I think rather than changing the rules, which, you know, is certainly worth discussing, I think just managers need to play the game differently. For instance, when you see these shifts, right, and you see – like let's say it's a left-handed batter and you've got three infielders, you know, on the on the this side of second base and the third baseman's basically in the shortstop position. I would bunt every single time down the third baseline. I would just start putting runners on base. And then then, you know, when you when you start the merry-go-round with base runners all the time, that's how you get the big innings. So to me, I if I'm a manager, I would I would tell my power hitters, you know what? Every Fifth at bat, every sixth at bat. I want you to drop one down and just get your ass on base, and then you know, make the pitcher have to know you got a runner on base. You know, make the fielders know you might have to cover second. So you know, you can't just be playing for the pull hitter to hit it right into the shift. So, but again, that's just me. As for the All Star Game, completely unwatchable. I remember a time where it was must watch. You got to watch the All Star Game, but now. All I care about is the home run derby, and I want to see Shohei Otani hit some of these balls into Utah in Coors Field <laughs> in that thin air. Because that guy, I mean, he hits 460 home run foot home runs routinely. I, I could see things leaving Coors Field and having to be tracked by GPS, which might actually be a fun thing. Put a little GPS chip in some of these baseballs and find out where, where they're going to land. Uh, speaking of... Uh... GPS. Uh, let's give it up for uh, uh, let's give it up for Mr. Branson, Richard Branson, the first billionaire to go into space. Um, I, I think this. Well, LeBron. I mean, he's already made the movie Space Jam. Won't this won't this propel LeBron and Maverick to explore interstellar flight? When I was watching the news. The, the, uh, the nightly news last evening with my beautiful wife, Nancy. And, you know, the first story on the news was the Branson story, obviously. And I said to her, here's the perfect example of why these socialist idiots who want to turn this economy into socialism are such morons. Because if we ever do have a system like that, you're going to magnificent men like Richard Branson you know, they're going to cease to exist because these are the pioneers. These are the forward thinkers. These are the guys who want to make money, who advance our civilization, as opposed to, you know, a bureaucrat splitting up the shrinking pie. It's such bullshit. It's like, this is why mm -hmm. capitalism and why a free market economy is our hope for the future. Otherwise, guys like Richard Branson will, will cease to exist, whether you like him personally or not that's going to be the end result, unintended consequences, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, really rant, quickly. Rant I, off. Rant off. No, I, that was good rant. I loved it. I'm going to, I'm going to not have a rant, but I'm just going to have one comment because I did get some grief from a listener, a neighbor actually, but he's a subscriber to the show. And he said, how come you didn't say anything about the Rachel Nichols dust up at ESPN with Maria Taylor and, and Rachel Nichols, the, uh, who, you know, talk about a small world. When I came to the Washington Post, Rachel Nichols left. Uh, she was a feature writer and her, her salary slot opened up a position for me at the Washington Post when she left for ESPN. 
And look, she's turned her newspaper career into a fabulous broadcast career, whatever you think about her. And she was um, irrespective of what happened and she's owned it now. She said some things about Maria Taylor um, saying that basically she, she didn't feel like she should be at the expense of ESPN's diversity push. Like I've known Rachel Nichols for a long time. I'm not here to defend her. Um, she's owned what she said. And, and I think every, every person in America who's white and talented has probably had a moment in their sick head thinking, hey, diversity is great, but don't mess with me. But I will say this. I'll say this. It doesn't matter who it is, unless you're, unless you're Bill Cosby, unless you're, you know, Matt, Matt Lauer, if you, unless you've sexually assaulted someone or murdered someone, like, like judging someone for their whole in their worst moment, is not, is not a good way to be in society. I don't care who it is. Judging someone in their worst moment and making that the total compilation of who they are um, in that moment is, is not fair to anyone. And so while I'm on, I'm at the risk of cancel culture myself here, I don't care. Like if you're not going to give a person who has uh, had a, a reservoir of goodwill when it comes to uh, issues of diversity and, um, and women progressing in sports over the years, if, you, if, if, you, if that person doesn't get a second chance, no one should. And so, um, so, so here's hoping that um, she can go forward. Here's hoping that Maria Taylor um, is, is vindicated and realizes that um, if she hasn't already, that she earned what she's got and she works very hard and she uh, is who she is. And the only reason we didn't really go into this is because me and you work for ESPN and we, had, we have relationships there. And so when we don't want to, you know, but, but that's, that, that's not an apology. That's just saying, um, that's just saying like, you know, yeah, she owned it. She was wrong. Um, but to, to hold that against someone forever and decide that's who that person is deep in their heart uh, because of this one conversation, I, I'm not about that. You know, I, I would hate it. I always say this about young players too. They always, oh, this guy's a lousy guy because he said this. If someone was covering me at 20 years old and I was making the jokes I made and saying the things I said, I wouldn't have my life now. I wouldn't have my career. You know, I would have been, I would have been deemed a knucklehead that you know was tone deaf about 20 different things. And so we don't give these people a chance to grow up in the NBA. We also need to. Uh, we also need to get rid of our animus and hate for people because of that one moment when we find out, oh my God, this person is this person. Well, yeah, Mel, Mel Gibson, fine. That's who he is. <laughs> I have a hard time with, I have a hard time with someone I've known for a long time, labeling her as uh, I, you, some of the things said about her. I, I'm blown away. I'm uh I don't really feel that anybody cares about my personal opinion about this. Um, but I will say this. I thought Adam Silver nailed it pretty good in his press conference prior to game one. He basically said, and I'm again, I'm it's not, not a direct quote, but this is the spirit of what he said. That tape, that, that recording happened almost a year ago. Everyone in Bristol knew that that recording existed. 
the management of ESPN, and again, this is I'm channeling what Adam said here. They were the ones who sort of failed here. The management needed to kind of get out in front of this thing a little bit, get the people together, get things settled, because by letting it sort of lie dormant, they were sort of hoping it was going to go away and, you know, everyone was going to forget. It all happened during the pandemic. Lots of big news happening. Lots of other things happened. By them failing to kind of get out in front of it as as they should have. And again, Adam said they would have needed to have some very difficult conversations with people in the room and kind of get through it, get past it and settle it. So really, there's a lot of people that you could point the finger at. But but the folks running the show, if they had a do over, I think they would have handled it a little bit differently. And I'm not judging. I'm basically kind of saying here's what the commissioner of the NBA who by all accounts, and everyone knows Adam's a good guy. He's a problem solver. He's not a complainer. He's a guy that doesn't take a problem and whine about it. He takes a problem and addresses it. Donald Sterling being a perfect example, right? That's what he had to say. So I'll kind of, you know, I, I think his words were full of wisdom. Um, I'm with you. I'm completely with you. Um, all right. So here, what, let's see, what do we got left? Um, we want to, we want to look ahead to game four real quickly. What do you think is going to happen? And then, um, say goodbye with, to our friends. Uh, I hate, I hate agreeing with you. I think Middleton's going to go off and I think that the Bucks are going to tie this at two, two. And I think this will go six or seven games and it will be some of the most compelling basketball we've had in a while in a series because every team, every young team, uh, led by young teams and no matter how good Chris Paul is, he and, and no matter how much he's the leader on the floor of that team, that that team is going to sink or swim, depending on how Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton play. And that goes the same with Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, um, uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. And by and large, those those guys, uh, nobody's pushing 30 right now. Um so, so I would say this, confidence is such a fragile thing at that age. Confidence is set. You know, people always say, oh, Chris Weber, how could he do that timeout in Michigan? Like when he, he wasn't a nine, 19 or 20 year old kid yeah. that, uh, you know, that was like looking for his coach to see what to do. He was looking for his mom. Uh, you know, he was, he was a, he was a child in that moment. And, you know, as all of us would have been. And so, you know, like, Look, I use my, I think I use my 30s to grow up. <laughs> I'm still using, I, I use my 40s to grow up. I'm still using my 50s to grow up. Like these kids, the, the, after all the, the, the millions, the, 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 the beautiful cars, the beautiful clothes, the beautiful houses, there's, there's still young adults growing up. And that's why I think this series is gonna go six or seven games. I think there's going to be back and forth confidence battle. Middleton is going to show up on Wednesday. Giannis will not need to score 40 points again, okay, because he's going to get some help. If Drew Holiday can keep shooting threes like he did in the third quarter, um, that's, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be going back to Phoenix 2-2. Too, too. So my original prediction was Suns in seven. I'm going to stick with that, mostly because of the home court. But okay. um, I see, I see uh, Milwaukee – uh, evening the score on Wednesday night and um, and us making some popcorn for the rest of the series because it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch this thing play out, Mike. 
Excellent. And I'm doing an extra show if it goes seven. We got it. Um, it's time to wrap things up. Thank you, Bruce, for joining me. Now, please hit us with the promos. Mike, Kristen Woolley. Oops. Edit. Oh, she's that's calling my... you right now. That's Kristen. That's Kristen, right, saying, I'm going to edit this show this week because I'm back from vacation from Disney World. So uh, Kristen uh, had a great time in Disney with her family. She rejoins us this week. So we thank her. And in her absence last week, we thank the, Steve- the great Stephen Roll. Stephen Roll was a was a strong, strong fill in for Kristen. So yes. uh, but Kristen's back and we we missed her and we love her and welcome back. So we would also invite everybody to check out all of our Pure Hoops Media shows. Catch and Shoot with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin. Uh, scheduled to appear this week, our good buddy Amin Hassan. Uh, he'll preview game four of the NBA Finals. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure are going to be here on Thursday with a new show. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast on Friday. And of course, uh, the Mike Wise Show will be back every Monday. We hope next week to have ESPN's front office insider, Bobby Marks, to help us preview the July 29th NBA draft. So, folks, if you want to hear some great choice discussions from all of our shows, please subscribe to the Pure Hoops Media Quick Hitters. And we also have a ton of great video segments on our YouTube channel. So go to YouTube, search for Pure Hoops Media. Mike, land it, baby. Yeah. Uh, Once again, thanks to uh, Monster Jam, our title sponsor at this point. Grave Digger, Fresno Fairgrounds, Sunday, 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 we'll turn the fairgrounds into a mud pit. Please get vaccinated. If you choose not to, you're making a mistake that could come back to haunt you. If you are one of the misguided souls who haven't gotten a vaccination, keep wearing the mask in public so you don't get anyone else sick. Remember, this country is mostly vaccinated. Japan, only 16% of its residents are vaccinated. I have no idea why they're having the Olympics there. They should wait another year, but that's on them. If you believe the news, COVID cases are rising in areas, especially with this new Delta variant, and where fewer people are vaccinated. So why would you put yourself at risk? Be smart, go get the shot so you can lose the mask and people can see your smiling face. Keep your guard up and be smart. Until next time, peace. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.